gonna live for thee. Come now. Oh. Hey, my. 
Let the church say amen. From the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. Chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2. These are the words that you will find. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the the spirit. And as we talk about this, I, I want to talk about walking in the spirit this morning, not as it relates to how we dress. You know, we, sometimes people dress spiritually. Not, not how we dress or not even talking about how we worship. How every once in a while we get in the spirit. I want to talk this morning about walk, how, how, yeah, how we walk in the spirit, not what tongue we speak in. But I want to talk about walking in the spirit as it relates to how we treat other folk. Walking in the spirit. Paul here is now coming to the conclusion of his letter to the Galatians. If you follow this whole letter, you read the whole thing, you see that Paul has already rebuked the Galatians for allowing other people to come in and turn them away from the gospel of Jesus Christ and explain to them that what they were turning to really was not another gospel, it was really a perverted gospel that they were being turned to. Read it and you'll find that Paul, he's already reminded them that their salvation comes through believing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's where you're saved today. It comes because you believe in the gospel message and let me throw this in, that only if you're saved today, you're saved because of your belief in the message of the gospel and nothing else. And that message alone, my brothers and my sisters, is sufficient to save without any help from the law. That, that's what Paul is trying to teach, that the law ain't got nothing to do with this. It's 
totally by your belief, totally by what Jesus did at Calvary and how he got up Sunday morning. The law has nothing to do with it. He reminded them that they had been set free from the bondage of the law and that they were not ever to be entangled again under that yoke of bondage. He has shared with them already, he has shared with them that if they walk in the spirit, they will bear spiritual fruit. We're walking all the way through the book. It's right there in that book. That you walk in the spirit, you will bear spiritual fruit. But now, as he prepares to close the letter, he talks to them now about their responsibility to each other. Talk to you about spirit and talk to you about how to live. But now, I, I want to close and make sure that you understand how you are supposed to treat each other in the body of Christ. And we are no longer, my brothers and sisters, if we are no longer under the law which condemns sin and in the process condemns the sinner also. That's what the law does. See, the law condemns us. All them thou shalt not. You read all of them, you, you find yourself condemned. But the law has a way of not only condemning the sin, but also a way of condemning the sinner. Are y'all hearing me? So, how, how, so, so he says, now, I, I, I want to give you understanding as to how in the church sin is to be dealt with. And it does have to be dealt with. I want to tell you how sin is to be dealt with. Do we just, in the church... Yeah, do we just love each other so much? Do we just sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't happen? Do we just look the other way? Or do we just dismiss it because all of us are human, you know? Are y'all hearing me? But Paul wants them to know that sin must be dealt with. That's the message here. Sin must be dealt with. But as children of God who live by the spirit, who are saved by grace, that is unmerited favor. We are all saved by unmerited favor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So since we, when we deal with sin, it, it should always, our dealing with sin should always manifest that same grace to others that God has shown to us. Are y'all hearing this? Whatever grace, whenever, wherever grace is active in the soul, there's always a kind consideration of somebody else. Let me say it another way. Whenever you know how good God has been to you, are y'all hearing me? Something about that ought to want to be good and want to show the same care. For somebody else. Wherever you find people who are harsh, whenever you find folk who are bitter toward other folk, they, they have lost their sense of debtorship. They've lost their sense of grace. Whenever folk are so judgmental and look down on folk, that means that they forgot what God did for them. They, they forgot the grace that, that the Lord has shown 
them. They forget that at some point God had to forgive you. Look at what Paul says about our responsibility to those who fall down, who those who fall in sin. Here it is right here, brethren. If a man is overtaken in a fault, if a fellow Christian is overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Now, he starts off with a word that we use around the church. Look at him saying, brethren, brethren. And so, yeah, and that, that's, what, but that's the language of the church. That's what we use in church. We call each other brothers and sisters. That's because we are all a part of the same body. That's why we say brothers. And so, so when, when he says that, then we know that he is talking to folk who are saved. He's talking about folk in the body of Christ. He's talking here to folk who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. That means that he's talking to saved folk, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, yet they fall. That in your book? That's who he's talking about, talking to saved, spirit-filled folk. But in the same line, he makes this revelation, another revelation, and that is the fact that saved folk can fall in sin. Saved folk fall. Just like, in, are y'all hearing me? Saved folk fall. Nobody in the sound of my voice. When I say saved folk, saved folk can fall, nobody up in here ought to sound surprised. You know it. <laughs> when you want to do good, evil is always present. When you wake up in the morning with your mind just, just, just content on do the right thing, ain't, everything just seems like that right person will come along. Y'all in here, saved folk can fall. You're saved, you desire to live right and you do the right thing, but don't ride so high that you think sin can't catch up with you. But, 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 but take time to notice his wording. Notice his wording here. He says, if a man, if a fellow Christian is overtaken in a fault, if a fellow Christian is overtaken in sin, that word overtaken now, we got to take a minute and look at that. Overtaken, overtaken in sin, overtaken in sin. At least gives the impression that the man is trying to get away from it. Are y'all hearing this? When you see the word overtaken, are y'all hearing? You ever tried to run from somebody and they overtook you? Are you you're trying to get away, but they overtook you. That means they were running. Look, are y'all hearing me? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were trying to get away, but but yeah, from them. But but somehow they just outran you. Now, if you weren't trying to get away, you you're not being overtaken. You don't even claim that you're being overtaken if you wasn't trying to get away. But if you're trying to get away, are you hearing me? They didn't overtake you. They just got you. So, we need to be clear on what Paul is saying. He's saying that we need to be running from it. We need to be trying to stay away 
from sin. When you see sin, you ought to be running the other way. He's trying to help us out here. But Paul here speaks to the body of Christ and lets them know that as saved as you are, you can still be overtaken. But then he tells them how a brother or sister is to be dealt with if they are overtaken. And, and, and if this happens, if this happens, he tells them right here in these instructions, he tells them who is to deal with it. He tells them what to do and he tells them how to do it and he tells them why they ought to do it like that. All right here in the word. Let's stay with the book. Stay with the book. He says, if a person is overtaken in a fault, if a person is overtaken in sin, he tells us who do it, who, who, who ought to deal with them, who is it that ought to deal with He says, ye who are spiritual. Are y'all hearing this? Paul here is qualifying the restorers. Paul says that when people have fallen down and can't get up, when they have been overtaken in a fault, there are some folk who don't need to go anywhere near them in the church. Are you hearing me? There are some folk in the church. When folks stumble and fall, there are some folk who don't even need to go nowhere near them. Put it in context. He, yeah, he, he has just finished talking to them. Read the whole book. He just got through talking to them about a life of walking in the spirit opposed to a life of walking in the flesh. And now he goes on to say that the work of restoration is not to be undertaken by fledglings. Are y'all here? The work of restoration is not to be uh, undertaken by folk in the body who are still a little bit unstable. Uh, are, are you hearing me? For, yeah, the, the, the work of restoration, yeah, yeah, it ought not be taken on by folk, you know, who sort of in and out, in and out, in church this Sunday, out next Sunday. You ain't got no business trying to restore. You need to be restored. Are y'all hearing me? But this is a job for folk Paul says, who are spiritual, who walk in the spirit and are mature in faith. This ought to be undertaken by folk who have a clear understanding of the grace of God. That's a term that we use in the church a lot of times. Now you hear it all over the place called church hurt. Church hurt. And let me just go on and tell you, most of the time, there's somebody just trying to find an excuse for not doing what they ought to do. That's, that's what it is most of the time. They, they just ain't going to do nothing, and they find an excuse. And church hurt, hurt, hurt you. But, but, but sometimes church hurt is because somebody who was not walking in the spirit was trying to do something they were not qualified to do. Are y'all hearing this? Paul says, if you're going to deal in the work of restoration, 
you need to be walking in the spirit. Y'all hear me? So he has given us the who, the spiritual, those who are, that's the who. Now he gives us what they ought to do. When a brother, a sister has been overtaken in sin, what is the church to do? Right out of the text, he says, restore. Is that in your book? Restore such a one. Restore, so restore means to return something to its original state. He said, your job is to restore them. So, according to Paul, God's will for those who fall is not that they be cut off or put out, but they be restored. One, one pastor was bragging one time to another pastor. He said, we, 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 we've got a perfect church. We've got a perfect church in in my church, we don't have divorces and we don't have members caught up in sin. We, we just don't have it at our church. The other pastor said to him, he says, I know you don't. Because when people in your church get in trouble and realize they have fallen and need to be restored, they leave your church and come around to mine. Are y'all hearing this? The church that has Jesus as its model is in the business of restoration in the business of restoring see we can't we can't just sit back and be comfortable when folk are out of fellowship you can't just let folk walk away and feel bad about being in sin you can't just sit back and be comfortable with that they must be restored brought back into a right relationship with God. But not only does Paul tell us who is to do it and what is to be done, he tells us how to do it. Stay right with the book. He says, you ought to restore them and do it in a spirit of meekness. Be gentle with them. That's something missing in the church now. He says, do it, but be gentle with them. Do it in a spirit of meekness. Although they have fallen, you need to be able to show them love and kindness. These words sound familiar. They are found in chapter 5, in a spirit, in a spirit of meekness. Chapter 5, he lists the fruit of the spirit. He talks about the fruit of the spirit. And that's why. So he's talking about do it in a spirit of weakness. And here it is. We believe that the moment you are saved, you receive the spirit. Spirit comes the moment you are saved, but fruit is not instant. Y'all hearing this? Fruit doesn't grow overnight. And it's always dangerous to try to operate in the spirit before you start producing fruit. I just said something right there. It's dangerous to start trying to operate in the spirit before you start producing fruit. Yeah, but, but in restoration, you see, 
fruit of the spirit at work. We, yeah, when you see people who are restoring others, that, that's the fruit of the spirit at work. And, and that work is done most effectively by somebody who is walking in the spirit and who is producing fruit. Be telling me how to act and what to do if you ain't producing no fruit. I don't see no love. I don't see no meekness. I don't see no... Are y'all hearing me? And now you understand why if you're not walking in the spirit, you don't have the tools you need to restore somebody. But then Paul tells us why we ought to do it like that. Why you ought to show kindness. Why you ought to be so meek with somebody when they have fallen in sin. He says, this is why you ought to do it, considering yourself. <laughs> Y'all hearing this right there in the book? He said, the reason you ought to be good to them, the reason why you ought to show them kindness to them is uh, you ought to consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. You ought to be kind to them. You ought to show yeah, love to them because the same thing can happen to you. Paul is saying that the reason why I need to be so careful, deal so carefully with those who fall down is because the next time it might be me. And then you ought to consider how you would want folk to treat you if you fall. When you are down and out, you, you, you ought to consider how you want folk to, folk, folk to treat you. Then Paul goes on, and I'm almost through. He goes on to verse 2, and he gives more instruction about walking in the spirit and, and what that ought to do to your relationship with each other. He says to them, bear ye one another's burden. And so fulfill the law of Christ. He says, church folk. Sad that he has to tell us this. But it says that folk ought not have to go through stuff alone. In the church, you bear one another. Paul wants you and I to know that a true Christian cannot stop by, cannot stand by and watch a fellow laborer struggle with a heavy load. There's something, there's something seriously flawed about your faith if you're not affected by the struggling of your brothers and your sisters. Something seriously flawed about your faith if it doesn't matter that your brother and your sister is carrying a heavy load. How can a Christian not be care, not, not, not be concerned with folk who don't have health care? How can a Christian not be concerned with the devaluation of life? That's unborn and born. Are y'all hearing me? How can a Christian not be concerned that people are being gunned down in the street by folk who are supposed to be protecting them? How? Bear ye one another's burdens. If you're a child of God, and you're not bothered by the fact that your brothers and sisters don't have food to eat or a place to stay. There's a flaw in your faith. There's a flaw in your faith if you're not bothered when brothers and sisters carry out 
are carrying some oppressive weight and, 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 and some temptation and you see them going through and you're not at all bothered by that, something's wrong with your faith. The word says we ought to get under that weight with them. That's what Paul is saying. Bear one another's burden. He said you, you need to get under that weight with them. Now watch this now. Watch this. Only those who are spiritual, watch this, only those who are spiritual can involve themselves in the act of restoration. But all believers can get involved in helping folk bear burdens. No qualification. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 yeah, you have to be spiritual to be in restoration, but yeah, you, you, yeah, all you need to be is saved. If you're saved, that yeah, yeah, to involve yourself with the burden bearing of others and trying to encourage other folk who are under a heavy burden. And Paul says, when we do this, when we help folk bear their burdens, then we are fulfilling the law of Christ. When we help folk bear, when we take their burdens, going somewhere, when we take their burdens and we put them on our shoulder, we fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what law is that? I'm glad you asked. Jesus, John 13, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And also you are to love, yeah, you are to love one another another how do you how, how yeah he says I want you to love one another just like I love you I'm trying to show you how to bear burdens I want you to love each other just like I love you he's talking about learning how to bear burden listen again yeah I want you to love one another just like I have loved you yeah how have I loved you well uh, I bore your burden y'all ain't hearing me yeah, yeah. How, how much did he love us? Well, he bore our burden. If you haven't figured it out yet, that's what the cross is all about. He put my burden on his shoulder. Are y'all hearing me? He carried my cross. He was nailed to my cross. He died for my sin. Are y'all hearing me? But according to the word of God, he died, but he ain't dead. Yeah, laid him in a borrowed tomb, but early Sunday morning, he, are y'all hearing me? He was bearing my burden. And in bearing my burden, every time I get to that whole part, when I see him bearing my sin, it takes me to my favorite line in one of my favorite hymns. It says, and Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight. Yeah, 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 yeah. When the clouds roll back as a scroll, that, 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 those are lines in my favorite hymn. But the one that moves me with this text here says, my sins. Yeah, y'all, y'all hearing me? Yeah, my sin, my sins. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sins, not in part, not, not in part, not part of them. But all of them, you want to know where my sins are? According to this song, according to this line, they are nailed. My sins are nailed 
to the cross and I bear them no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh my, oh, if he can bear mine, if he bears my sins, then I ought to learn how to bear my brothers and my sisters' sins. So saith the word of the Lord. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall in the divers' temptations, considering yourself, lest I also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens. If we've ever lived in a time when the children of God need to learn how to bear each other's burdens, people are hurting right now. People are hurting right now. There's a lot going on right now. And we ought to have an eye for looking to see who we can help, what we can do. In the body of Christ, nobody Nobody needs to go through anything alone. I want to give you an opportunity now as we prepare now for the invitation. I, I want us all during this time, wherever you are, in your household, with your family, if you don't have the conversation now, I want you to have this conversation before you go to bed. I want you to think about the people around you. Check on them. Who's bearing burdens right now? Who, who is it that you know that might not have what they need right now? Who is it right now? People are without jobs. Sometimes rent is due. Sometimes people don't even have food in the house the word of God today teaches us that we, we've got to be concerned about that. So, so as a family, as a family today, I want you all to just consider the people around you, maybe even in your family, that may be struggling and are not saying anything. And they may not be living like you think they ought to live, but the struggle is just struggle. And so I want, I want, I want you to have this conversation in your house. Who can we help? Who needs our help? Have we checked on anybody? Have we checked just to see if they got food in the house? Have we checked just to make sure that everything all right is all right? That that's what the body of Christ does. It's invitation time. It's invitation time. I want you to consider now becoming a part of the community of the redeemed. Young attorney has a thriving practice in Chicago and he owns a lot of land, but he happens to be there during the time of the great Chicago fire. Destroys all of his land and his practice struggles. And as a relief, he gathers his wife and three young daughters together and sends them on a cruise ship to England where they're going to have relief from the fire. 
as he watches them cast off, later a message comes to his home saying the boat that his wife and three daughters were on went down in the Atlantic. And the only survivor was his wife. And in his now grief-stricken state, he commands a captain to take him to the spot where that ship went down. And, and when that ship went down there, he saw the waves and the billows rolling. And he said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well with my soul. Spafford wrote those words strangely enough during the worst time of his life but he understood that he served a God who could lift him up even when he was being torn down that we've been taught today that even in our lives that we can bear one another's burden that wherever we are whatever we're dealing with whatever we're going through we have a God who will spend send spiritual folk to us to put their hands on us, lift us up. And if you need to know Jesus Christ in the free pardon of your sin, the Bible simply says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Christ had, God has raised Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. In other words, your salvation can lead to your restoration. Is there anybody here that knows that God is a God who will restore you unto, he'll brighten your day, he'll put you back where you're supposed to be at peace with God. Is there anybody here who can thank God for not only salvation, but for restoration? I, I, my, my mind is, is going now that, that thank God for restoration, but the day is coming, y'all. When even restoration will leave us, the Bible says the trumpet shall sound and the Lord shall descend. And that's the day of glory. Is there anybody here that can thank God? Salvation brings restoration, brings glory. Let us pray, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that even when we fall, you have already borne all of our sins. That even when you fall, you have given your body, the church of Jesus Christ, the power to lift us those who have fallen down. And then you've commanded them to help bear one another's burden in the time of coronavirus, in the time of social distancing. Lord, more than ever, we need to bear one another's burden, bear the burden of those who have lost the job, bear the burden of those who have lost loved ones, bear the burden of those who are losing the fight with what is right. Lord, is there anybody, I, Lord, I can tell you, I thank you for being able to bear our burdens. Lord, save a soul right now. Lord, lift up the brokenhearted right now. Lord, save those children right now who don't have parents. Lord, give to that husband or spouse who doesn't have his lost a loved one. Lord, we thank you for your salvation. And we thank you for your restoration. It is in the name of Jesus we pray and ask it all. It is well with my soul. Oh, it is well. 
Myself. My sins, oh, the bliss of this glory, yes, thought. My sin, not impart, but the You want to know where my sins are? You want to know where they are? They're nailed to the cross. And I bear them 
in his house. Why don't we just bless? Oh, bless his holy. Bless his holy and his righteous name. We thank God today for his word. Thank God today for his presence here in this place with us. We thank God for those who are here in the house, it's not many. I know today it sounds like a whole lot of folk up in here. <laughs> it's really not, not this, just our workers are here and uh, we're preparing momentarily. We have a baptism uh, today and today we're going to baptize little Aaron. Little Aaron has, y'all bless the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Because of our time restraints, we we won't be we're going to go into baptism right after benediction. But next Sunday, you get an opportunity to see Miss Aaron and celebrate with her in her baptism. Amen. Aaron, just step out here in front of the camera so everybody can remember who you are. Amen. Thank God that the church is rolling right along. Amen. Even in the midst of pandemic, uh, the work of the church continues to move on. So we have others that we will be baptizing uh, in the same manner. We'll be doing the same thing on Sundays. We'll be in baptizing uh, because of the because of the pandemic. We can only baptize one at a time, and, and so we'll do it however we need to do it. We're going to do it. We just ain't going to stop. <laughs> Amen. So we just thank God for what he is doing. Let me just announce today our child of the month and our youth of the month. Our child of the month is Joshua Jenkins. Joshua. Joshua. Amen. Y'all bless the Lord for Joshua. Little Joshua. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, Mr. Joshua. We can't wait till we get back and we can't wait to just 
share some wonderful things with you because of your goodness and your faithfulness to God. Our youth of the month is Cheyenne Miller. Did I say it right? Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cheyenne, we congratulate you today. We thank you for the wonderful example you are, and we can't wait that we are back together so that we can share gifts with you. Thank you so much for all that you do around Salem. We do need and we're in need of food for the food pantry. And so if you're listening, wherever you are, uh, please just feel free and please just come by. Drop food by. Drop food by. We have people who are in need. And if you have something to share, then we all need to share it. That is one way that we can help to bear our sisters and our brothers' burdens. So if you can, if there's an opportunity for you this week, just bring food by. Uh, whenever you're at the grocery store, remember somebody else. Just bring food by so that we'll have food to feed the others. There's two sides of that. Uh, if there's a blessing in giving, there's also a blessing in receiving. So please know that we do have the food pantry here. And if there are those who are in need, please don't let pride stand in your way. Because it's you today, it might be me tomorrow. And that's why we're here. We're here to bear one another's burdens. Again, God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. We want to thank you so much for all of your prayers and support for those who have gone home to be with the Lord, for those families. Thank you so much for just all of your prayerful support. I understand many went down to be with the Wilcox family on yesterday, and that was just a wonderful thing that we sort of spread it out. So we thank God for us. Let's continue to pray for those right now who are who are alone today, who, who have lost loved ones. Thank you all. Thank everybody. Praise team. Thank you, youth praise team. Thank you all so much. Y'all are awesome today. Amen, amen, amen. Our music department, our video uh, team upstairs, thank you so much. And uh, uh, God be with you. Sister Tammy, thank you so much. God be with you till we meet again. continue our stewardship let's continue to give give whatever way you give uh, please make sure that you do that 
I want to thank you for giving to our finishing wheel project. We're going right along. We're moving right along. We're not quite where we need to be, but I'm sure there are still others who are going to chip in and we're going to get this done. Amen. Now may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say. are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.